Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. In today's episode, I am going to have on my good friend Jack Church to be talking about being a Tennessee fan, part two. We're going to be getting into Tennessee's loss to Kentucky uh, and just kind of what's going on with this team. All right, I'm here with Jack Church, staff writer for the University of Tennessee Daily Beacon. He covers softball at UT, and he's also co-host of the Stick and Puck podcast here on the Lovecast Podcast Network, so check that out. And finally, he's my good friend. Jack, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Love to be here, as always. Of course. All right, let's get into this. Tennessee this weekend lost against Kentucky painfully. Uh, It's now our second loss against that team this season. Oh, It hurts really bad. I know you're still hurting, as I am. Um, What kind of stuck out to you about this team and about this game in general? So... The, the funny thing is you you lose to Vanderbilt on a buzzer beater. Oh. You you then lose to Missouri on a buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. You then beat the number one team in the country. Yeah. And then you lose to Kentucky. Yep. I, I, I don't get it. I yeah. I truly don't understand it. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, I've been saying I've been saying this all season as well, that this team is so fucking wishy-washy. And people, I think, like I know Ken Palm still has them ranked, I think, eighth. Yeah, they are sorry, fifth. They have Tennessee ranked fifth. Um, I know people were always kind of like talking to me. I know people that didn't necessarily watch the team were always kind of coming up and being like, How, how's Tennessee looking this year? They, they look pretty good to me. And I would always be like, look, it hasn't happened yet, but these guys are not looking good. I went to the first three games against teams that were really not – up to their standards and they still kind of played down. Um, and I was worried about them from the start and they've just been shitting the bed, honestly, for lack of a better term. And I, I really don't have a high hope for this team. I'm very nervous for the tournament first round. What do you think about that? I think Rick Barnes has proven to us at this point that tournament expectations are not our friend. Exactly. That's a, that's the nicest way of putting it for <laughs> sure. Um, it's definitely a little scary. Let's get into the game itself now. I mean, the Vols just could not shoot the basketball, which is one of the most painful things to watch as a fan is when nothing's going in. I remember it being at one point like two, they were like two for 14 or something um, to start off. So field goal percentage, 37.3. Kentucky's was at 44.4. Uh, for three-pointing, three-point percentage, Tennessee at an abysmal 22%. Um, Kentucky was at 37.5%. And then for free throws, this is where... It, oh, no. No, don't say it. This is where it gets really fucking gross. Uh, Kentucky, 65.7. Tennessee, 28.6. Unacceptable. That is an unacceptable free throw percentage. Um, this is what's been going on all year, is it not, Jack? Four for 14 is the story of the game, really. Yeah. I, I don't... It's unacceptable. It's not a standard you you can be playing at to be Eastern Kentucky, let alone Kentucky. Um, I think that 
free throw free throw shooting is something that was hampering the women's team. So they what they did was they just basically spent like an entire week and a half just working on free throws. Yeah. And now it's not an issue. There you go. It's amazing how that when you work on an issue and fix it, it doesn't become an issue. I know. It's it's that's a very good point. But I think honestly, the rest of the team is pretty all right at free throws. There's just I mean, it's just Euros and Jamal Meshack that are absolutely killing us. I mean, Euros is shooting 39.5% from the free throw line. And Jamal Meshack is shooting 42.9% from the free free throw line. I mean, that's atrocious because both of those guys fucking play. So, I mean, you can just hack both of those guys fully expecting to, for them to go to the line and not convert on if mostly neither of the free throws every like one third of the time you convert on, I guess, one of them. And then you like barely never get those two points. So, and I mean, both of those guys, Jamal and Euros, Euros has no outside game. He's all inside. So anytime he goes up with the ball, you can kind of eliminate him by just hacking him. And then Jamal does have a little bit of a jumper, but really he's a big kind of driving guy. And I mean, he's not a huge shooter, but when he looks to score, he does, you know, split up a little bit, but yeah, he just, he goes up for layups and you can hack him knowing he's not going to convert. So that's the biggest issue. Um, to be fair, we were without two key players in Josiah Jordan James and Julian Phillips. Um, so, I mean, those guys are two very key players for us um, that were missing. And then other than the fouls shots that we missed, the fouls we committed, uh, we've had 25 personal fouls and to Kentucky's 19 those were all fucking fouls it wasn't like a badly refereed game um have you noticed that we've just been extremely physical and sometimes too much I think that part of the brand of basketball we play is a physical game I mean I don't I think some of our better games have been against teams that aren't as physical one thing I'm going to mention is Josiah Jordan James and Julian Phillips were also out Wednesday against number one Alabama didn't yeah. have any issues then. Um, but I think just the brand of basketball we play is a defensive physical game. And I, th- I'm not too upset about getting more fouls than the other team. I am upset about th- this happened in the out. I believe it was in the Alabama game. There's a guy Ziegler taking his four foul 85 feet from the basket. That yeah. pisses me off. Mm-hmm. If we're defending Oscar Shibway and we're giving him a shooting foul and sending him to the line, I'm fine with that. If we're trying to set screens and set a moving screen every now and again, I'm fine with that as long as we're actually being proactive in setting screens. So the fouling issue does the fouling doesn't really trouble me. The foul making the foul shots does. Yeah, I I completely agree. I was gonna say the same thing. Like we're just very aggressive. So us fouling is not the biggest deal because that's just what we're gonna do. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, not a not a huge deal there. The biggest issue really as we've mentioned throughout this episode so far, it's, it's just scoring. We have one of the best, not if one of the, if not the best defenses in college basketball, but they can just not score the fucking basketball. Um, And I don't know what really to do. And I mean, let's, let's get into the Santiago Vescovi stats because that really will show you like what we mean. Give us the stats that you curated. This is what I found. So Santiago Vescovi leads the team with 12 and a half points per game. This is not me getting mad at Santiago Vescovi. Please do not take it that way. 
There are 14 teams in the SEC, so 13 other than Tennessee. Out of those 13 teams, 13 of them have at least one player who scores more than Vescovy does at 12.5 points per game. Mm -hmm. Out of those 13 teams, eight of them have two players who score more than Santiago Vescovy. It's... And the, the crazy thing is, this this is a different stat that I found. This is against Missouri, that Tennessee scored 1.42 points per possession against Missouri and lost, which is the most points per possession a losing team has scored in a D1 game since 2019. So even when we do score, then we just have a complete fucking defensive collapse. Yeah, I think – What do you think it's that we commit so much – and so heavily on defense that the guy's legs just aren't up to score. I mean, there's that. And there's also that we're running a Rick Barnes, 1978 offense. Yeah. And that's true. But I also just don't know how much like dynamic talent we have to like, I mean, Josiah Jordan James coming into this, like his career at Tennessee, I expected him to be an all timer, which Clearly, he has not been that. I don't even know if he's averaged more than 10 points per game yet. Um, so he's kind of a bummer. Julian Phillips, I, you and I both really like him. I know that Vanderbilt game, he totally lost for us with that um, weird take foul instead of dunking the basketball. To, I know. That was so weird. Which came back to obviously bite us in the ass in the worst possible way. But I do really like Julian Phillips. But we don't have that Kennedy Chandler dynamic scorer right now. And I sort of wonder if that's where, you know, we're kind of left out. And you can't rely on Zakai with his size, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you can't rely on Zakai anywhere. I, I mean, he has to play because we don't really have anybody else to play point. Yeah. But at the same time, I find that he can be a liability inside at times. And there are games where teams will just say, okay, we know you can't get inside on us, so we're going to defend the three. Yeah. And then we can't fucking score. Yeah, and there's just games, like you said, where he just doesn't have it. And those games, he becomes kind of a detriment more than anything because he kind of tries to make too much happen, I think. And that's kind of... That's the downside of having your best player, one of your best players, be five foot like six, and that that's kind of generous. I mean, he's just ah, the the Isaiah Thomas Celtics experience. Ah. That's exactly what came <laughs> to mind. Is Isaiah was torching guys sometimes, but then other times it was really rough, and um, that's probably one of the reasons why he won't get drafted. That's one of the reasons why you'll probably you'll probably see him overseas. But um, yeah, it's just. This team lacks a dynamic player to get them over the hump. I thought I think Julian Phillips can grow into that player. Do you agree with that? I I think he can. I mean, he's only a freshman. He can he definitely has lots of room to grow. Yeah. And I, I think do you I don't think he's a one and done risk. Do you? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't know if he's shown enough to be one and done. And I I also like Toby Awaka. Like he he's not gonna be that dynamic fucking player, but he's gonna be a good um, big for sure. He's been he did, he played all right. How do you feel about Toby? Toby Owaka, I I'd like to see him get more playing time. I think I agree. With I that. I honestly, because of the rebounding struggles we've had, I want to see Rick Barnes experimenting with putting two true bigs in, especially when Josiah Jordan James is out. Yeah, 
Put in Adu and Walker. Put in Plavchich and Adu. Put in Plavchich and Walker. Just see what happens. Yeah, I know. Because like worst case scenario, it unlocks a pick and roll kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just think that this the uh, the SEC in general is just filled with these guys that aren't as big as the Big Ten. Like the Big Ten has a lot of those huge seven footer traditional centers that you have to watch out for. But what I've noticed in the SEC is those six nine to six eight kind of combo guard forward guys that can kind of just do everything you kind of mm-hmm. fill up on those and that's where you get burned is when you have toby awaka and euros or jonas adu and euros or jonas adu and toby awaka where it's like they don't have the foot speed to keep up with the speed of these like you know six nine uh guys that are really fast that's what i kind of worry about with that yeah. that's an aspect of it I mean, a big worry for me was how are we going to stop Brandon Miller? But then they they helped Brandon Miller relatively well. Yeah. I was impressed by it. I was too. Um, but yeah, so let's get into this. There's one guy really who, I mean, I really have a tough time liking him on this team. He he drives me fucking crazy. I think he's the the name that I've typed in caps the most to anyone this season. Um. And let, let's get into it a little bit. So, Jack, can you tell me who the leading rebounder on our team is and how many rebounds per game they are getting? The leading rebounder on this team is Jonas Adu, And yeah. Jonas Adu has 5.2 rebounds per game. Now, Jack, is that acceptable? From 17 minutes per game, five rebounds as a center is not acceptable now. Yes. And is it acceptable to have that as your leading fucking rebounder? It is not. <laughs> That's this man, Euros Plachich, is who I'm talking about. He should be leading the fucking team in rebounds. Can you tell me how many rebounds Euros Plachich average averages a game as a seven footer? I believe Euros averages three point nine rebounds a game. He does average three point nine rebounds as a fucking seven. Which is, footer. which is less than Santiago Vescovi, who averages four point four. <laughs> absolutely insane this guy drives me up the fucking wall um the tennessee volunteers have four players that in total have 100 rebounds this year jonas adu has 135 rebounds julian phillips has 121 rebounds olivier kamwa has 134 rebounds and santiago viscovi has 105 rebounds so um euros placic has 98 fucking rebounds this year that is unacceptable this guy i he drives me up a fucking wall. If you can't count on him to get rebounds, you know what you can count on him to do? Get a fucking stupid-ass technical. It's ridiculous. He's gotten so many of these goddamn dumb-ass technicals that really fucking... He gets them at the worst time for Tennessee, too. Like, I forget when he got one before, but he got one, and it was like... I think it was in the Alabama game he got one. And it was just like Alabama was starting to get going a little bit, and then it was the last thing Tennessee needed. Um, how do you feel about Euros? Because you know my feelings on him. He only plays 13.8 minutes a game, which is about how much he should be playing considering this team. But he averaging four rebounds on 13 minutes of play as a center is still not up to standard for me. And I understand that we play kind of this slow brand of basketball and limit the amount of possession, so there are less opportunities for that. I still think he needs to be doing more on the class. Yeah, I agree. And like being logical too, looking at it, I mean, Tennessee's defense is so good that teams are not getting off 
more than one shot per possession. And most of the times they're not even getting a shot off per possession. So that could be, um, you know, something of a contributor as to why he's getting so few rebounds a game. But if you watch this guy play, he, he hustles really hard. He does. And you look at him and you're like, that guy should be getting more rebounds. He should be the only one that gets rebounds on this floor. That's all I got to say. It's one thing when you're against Kentucky, when basically he's Xing out Oscar Shibway, that makes sense. That's cancels each other out and that's fine. But when you're playing these other teams that just don't have like the huge centered to like really get rid of you. I, I really don't understand why he lacks rebounding so much. Do you have any clue as to why, like, do you know anything about him? That is why he doesn't rebound. Um, I, He played really well against Oscar Shibway and Thompson Bowling when Kentucky came here, though, which is what throws me for a loop. I don't – yeah, I, I don't have anything on why he doesn't rebound more. I mean, I've watched a lot of his games. He usually I, is in a good position to get rebounds. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. And I feel bad that we I just shit on him a little bit. To be fair, I've met him. He's a very nice guy. He bought my roommate fucking um, what's it called Canes. And then my other friend sent me a picture of him after the game at the bar, which I was thinking about it. This was right after the Kentucky game that night. He was back in Knoxville and my friend sent a picture of him with Euros at the bar. Maybe after a loss in an away game, you don't go straight to the bar. Maybe, maybe just <laughs> that's all. I know that's hard to say. I know that's kind of an anal fucking thing, but I mean, oh, come on Euros. That was, you played terrible. I mean, but nonetheless, I feel bad. Uh, he is a good guy, but I mean, it's just really unacceptable. Um, and he also has these weird fouling issues where he f- fouls the fuck out of some guys, um, which really frustrate me because he really hacks some guys. And sometimes those get turned into flagrant like twos, which is just not what Tennessee needs. Um, let's get into us in March. How do you feel about us in March realistically? Um, so I saw a tweet from a guy named Ethan Stone. He's a Tennessee writer. Worked for the Daily Beacon before I got there. Um, He said, this team is going to lose to Vermont in the first round. I liked and retweeted that tweet. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think that sort of perfectly encapsulates where I think this team is headed. I don't see any success in March. Now, in my bracket... I'm still going to pick Tennessee to win it because that's what I do. Yeah. But I'm not exactly hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I'm not either. It's it's just really hard with this team. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it's just hard. It really is. Um, before we let you go, talk to us about the 0-2 Tennessee baseball team, if you can. Well, well 1-2 and two now. I one mean, so – I'm going to start by saying I only watched the Friday game. I didn't watch the Saturday or the Sunday game. Okay. Um, we shouldn't have been ranked number two. Do you think that was like over overhang from last season? I think I think so. We lost a lot of talent, especially offensively. Mostly the to pitching, the draft. Mostly to the draft. I know, but yeah. we still lost that talent. Um, I think that the. Offensive talent is going to take a while to gel. I'm still excited for the trajectory of this team. I'm not at all. 
this is when you'd like to lose games. You don't want to lose games in conference play. You don't want to be losing to the Vanderbilts and the LSUs. You want to be losing to Arizona in the first game of the season. Yeah. Although it does hurt a little that this year it took us two two games to lose twice. Last year it took us thirty three games to lose twice. Yes, it did. Um, did you hear that Manny Ramirez's son is going to be on the team? I did. How do you feel about that? I I don't really follow baseball recruiting, and I don't know how good he is, but I'm excited to have Manny Ramirez. I mean, as, as, as a Boston fan guys. of this team. Yeah, as two Boston guys, two Boston fans, I mean, it's it's nice to have the worlds collide like that. I mean, personal favorite for me is Grant Williams in the Celtics. I mean, it's always a joy. Um, yeah, and where do you think the baseball team is going? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think this year is our year? I think we're going to Omaha. I think yeah. that I, I really, I'm really bullish on baseball and softball as well. But I think that baseball is, I think the offense is going to come together over the course of the year. I'm really excited about where this team is headed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned softball. Can, can you tell us a little bit about the team, the softball team as well? So we're 6-1 and one on the year so far. Probably would have liked to have that game against Cal State Fullerton, but again, it's early in the season. It's softball. You lose games sometimes. Um, our best offensive play, for those of you who don't follow softball, follow me on Twitter, at jchurch8073. Please do. Best softball coverage you will find anywhere. Um, I, I'm really happy with the start that we've had offensively. Um especially from some players you wouldn't expect. I mean, every everyone expects Kiki Malloy to do well. It's daughter of lawyer Malloy, if you're wondering. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. She she has five home runs already in seven games. Wow. Um, so, yeah, she's been killing it. Yeah, but we were expecting her to kill it. What I'm, really, what I'm more excited about is McKenna Gibson having three home runs. What I'm excited about is Mackenzie Donahue having a 524 average. And then on the pitching staff, I'm very excited about Carlin Pickens, the freshman coming in. 1.2 ERA so far, only 11 and two-thirds innings of work, but I'm very excited about what she brings to this team from a pitching standpoint. If you have Rodgers, Gottschall, and Pickens as your weekend rotation, I think you're in a really good place. Yeah, and do you, how do you feel about where this team is going this year as well? Um, right now we're ranked number 11. We've had struggles with living up to expectations in the postseason in the past. I can't say definitively whether or not that'll be an issue this year. However, I'm this team definitely has the quality to get to Oklahoma City and get to a Women's College World Series. It's just a matter of whether or not they are able to pull it off. Yeah. Um, also, the, for those of you that don't know, Lawyer Malloy is uh, Key's father is the former safety in the NFL. He played for the Pats. Looks like he played for the Eagles as well. Or sorry, the Seahawks. Um, and yeah, so what is it about Tennessee that we choke in every postseason? Because, I mean, it's baseball last year, football, not in the postseason, but I mean, like, the the year my I think my freshman or sophomore year it was Pitt, um definitely not freshman year actually we had Jeremy Pruitt so it was definitely uh, sophomore year with Pitt loss I mean that we got fucking we got what's it called uh screwed over on that one 
and then basketball we flop every year in in march madness and then i mean this year in football we looked like we were one of the best teams in the nation and we just took an l there are we cursed what's going on here i i don't have anything for you i mean i think that there's some football football i think is separate because they're still is a talent disparity between the Georgia and Alabama of the world and then yeah. us on that sort of second level. With basketball, I I really don't know what it is. I don't want to just say it's Rick Barnes because this happened with Bruce Pearl too. This has happened throughout the history. We've like we have eight sweet 16 appearances and one elite eight appearance. If that's not indicative of failing in the postseason, I don't know what is. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think this is. I I don't think this is a talent issue. I think it's a culture issue. And what do you mean by a culture issue? Like, what what do you think we lack as a culture? It just seems to me to be sort of the same as the Toronto Maple Leafs, where you sort of build up this hype of expectation you have a good team and then the minute the pressure is on you fold yeah i'd i'd like to see tennessee have more opportunities with high pressure in the regular season and honestly more times where they are tested and fail i think that the two i hope that the two kentucky losses will be a big wake-up call for this team in a way that the sort of buzzer beater is, oh, well, that's just luck. Kentucky, you got dominated throughout the game. You started very poorly, drew it a little bit back, but you still got beat pretty bad. I think that's more of a wake-up call than two buzzer beater losses, and I hope it serves that way. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Thank you, Jack, for coming on. Is there anything you want to promote before you go? Um, Twitter at jchurch8073 best Tennessee softball coverage you will find anywhere um, Stick and Puck podcast just recorded a great episode that should come out tomorrow morning um, very excited about that and that's all I have yeah and if you're a UT student and you're listening make sure to read the Daily Beacon I used to read them all the time and yeah they're fucking awesome so yeah thank you for coming on uh, we love having you on you'll be back on later when hopefully when we're talking about Tennessee surprising us and being fucking good at, at basketball again. But I mean, who knows either, if, either that, or it's going to be another pity party like this one. <laughs> but Yes. Thank you for coming on. That's going to do it for us here at the love cast. And we will be talking to y'all next week. This slow mulatto, she could be a model She wanna show me some Think I won the lotto, yeah This slow mulatto, she could be a model